0: Well, take your Bible tonight, if you would, please, and turn to Acts chapter 7, Acts and the seventh chapter. Thank you for praying for us as we were away. Uh, Trevor and I got to take a little trip up to preach a revival in Council Grove, Kansas, and uh, God bless that meeting. So, really appreciate you praying for that, and appreciate Brother Ted preaching. I heard you had good preaching on Wednesday night. Look forward to hearing that message. Acts chapter 7 tonight. Well, there's 60 verses here. That's about an hour-long message, isn't it? 60 verses, a minute per verse, is that about right? No, it won't quite be that lengthy, I don't believe. Long long passage. Uh, A lot of it is uh, Israel's history. So we could do an in-depth study, but if you're interested in that, just come on Sunday mornings. Uh, Since 2010, we've been going through what took Stephen probably about 15 minutes to do. As he went through Israel's history, uh, then we're going through that on Sunday morning's of course, with Genesis and Exodus. And so uh, Peter, I'm sorry, I said, did I say Peter or Stephen? Stephen is, would be the right one. Stephen is standing before the Sanhedrin. And so what we're going to do is just read a few verses here tonight to help us to get set and ready to go for the message. I believe uh, it will be a helpful message. I have read this several times, but have never really studied it in depth. And there's a difference, you know, when you just do a casual reading and when you do a little bit more studying. And so I'm very excited about um, preaching this message tonight. Uh, As always, you never know how it's going to go until it goes. And so we'll see how that goes here this evening. So Acts chapter 7, let's look at verse number 1. And then actually what we'll do is we'll, we'll read verse 1 and 2 and then we'll jump to the very end of the message of Stephen tonight. Then said the high priest, Are these things so? And he said, Men and brethren and fathers, Hearken. The God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Haran. And then he goes on with the story about how God called Abraham. Now let's go to the very end of of the account, verse number 54. When they heard these things, a recount of Israel's history, a recount of their rejection of God's message at various times and in various ways. And when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth, which means they were grinding their teeth as they were looking at him. That would indicate how they felt about the message. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Notice verse 57. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears. It literally means they did this. They covered their ears. They stopped their ears because they felt like what he was saying was blasphemy. They covered their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast, cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God, Saying, this was the words of Stephen Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep, indicating that he died. And so, what we're going to do tonight is uh, we're going to look and consider the message of Stephen and see that it's hard to hear when you're covering your ears. It's hard to hear when you're covering your ears. That's the title of the message here tonight. May God bless the reading of his word as you're seated. We'll get right into the message. <clears throat> Have you ever tuned somebody out by covering your ears? Maybe you've done that. It's hard to hear, isn't it? If you want to try it, you can go do it right now. Just a little demonstration. I don't see any takers right here, you're too embarrassed to do that, but when you cover your ears, it's hard to hear, isn't it? We were at the Southern Gospel Jubilee, by the way, just a great time of uh, praise to God and good music. It really was a blessing, just does the soul good. But I noticed one uh, young child (laughs) who had her ears covered. I guess she didn't enjoy that particular song, Not sure. Sometimes our boys will do that at the most inopportune times. <laughs> be embarrassing. Son, don't do that. <laughs> Sometimes it's accompanied not just with covering the ears, but la, 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 right? You know what I'm talking about? So you don't have to hear the person not only covering their ears, but making a verbal sound, la, 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 la. Okay. Teens may do this with headphones, right? Husbands may do this with newspapers. We don't even have to cover their ears, just... Newspaper up is same thing, same thing, or ESPN, either way, it's just same thing, yep. When that sound, uh, when that, that uh, tone or that little uh, tune goes on, da-na-na, da-na-na, then all men's gone, yep, doesn't matter what else is said most of time, yep. Well, it's hard to hear when you're covering your ears, it's hard to hear when you're covering your ears. You know, it's one thing to be unable to hear. I, I'm just, I'm touched by uh, the testimony tonight, uh, watching and listening and and um, seeing the joy, the sense of humor uh, tonight. Wasn't that a blessing, how the preacher was preaching to him? And <laughs> that is classic. That's so good. I wish you could see some of Brother Ronnie Rice's uh, impersonations. Brother Hardy told me he can do George W. Bush and... And, uh, and Ronald Reagan and Obama, it's amazing. And he... I'm, I'm this close to saying, "Please come. It is, it is absolutely hilarious. I don't know when I've laughed that hard, but it's just very well done. But in any case, I've got to keep moving. So it's one thing to, to physically be, to be unable to hear. It's another thing to be able to hear and not listen. Um, I almost called this message preaching to the deaf. Or could put it this way, the self-imposed deaf. Those who could hear, but they did not want to hear. Are you with me? They physically could hear, but they did not want to hear, and thus they covered their ears. one thing to be able to hear another thing to not listen this is amplified when it's something that you desperately need to hear um, Jesus often said he that hath ears to hear what does he say let him hear he that hath ears to hear let him hear uh, there as Jesus was baptized and other times uh, at the time of the transfiguration in particular this is my beloved son Hear ye him, the father would say, and said, hear ye him. It's important to hear from God. It's important to hear from God. The religious leaders here, the Jews, had reached a point where they did not want to listen anymore. They didn't want to hear anymore. And thus, they literally covered their ears so that they would not hear the message. They did that. Because they did not agree in beliefs and values and thus they and their way of life was being threatened by his message. And they felt like this they would be better not hearing what he had to say than hearing what he had to say. And thus they tuned him out and removed him. Now tonight I believe everyone here would agree that it is very important that we do listen to God. It's vitally important that we hear from God and that we listen to God. And tonight, um, you know, this is a, a rather serious type passage. And, um, and, of course, Stephen's account to them, he was not there entertaining them in any way. He was there delivering a message, a challenging message. It is important to hear from God. And I know that week by week, um, we have the vast majority here. You're here because you want to be here. You're here because you're here to listen and to hear from God. There are things you're going through in life that you know that you need to hear from God. I think if we're thinking right, that's how we come to church. And I, I would confess, as maybe many of you would as well, that it's easy to come to church simply out of routine because, well, it's Sunday morning and it's or Sunday night or Wednesday night, and it's just where I'm supposed to be, and it's, and it's become a habit. Well, that's... That's a good habit to have. It's a good habit to have. But there's a danger in that, in that we would come and not really be tuned in and and really to listen. But I I believe the vast majority here would truly want to hear. Week by week, I don't see people doing this as I'm preaching. And there hasn't been any stones thrown this way, anything like that. Okay. But I'm afraid that it could be that within the sound of my voice here tonight, there may have been some there may be someone who has stopped listening. You're still here, you're still present, you're still able to hear, or someone's interpreting for you so that you could hear. You're still here, but you're not really listening. It could be a young person, it could be a child, it could be a teenager, it could be a college-aged young person, it could be somebody in Bible college who's here but not really listening. It could be uh, parents, it could be some senior adults, it, it could be any of us, any of our hearts, it's possible for us to get in a place where we're here but we're not really listening, that's a dangerous place to be. There might be somebody here tonight who really doesn't want to listen. You, it may be that you're just here because your parents made you come. It's highly possible. You don't really want to listen. Your, your body language maybe even communicates that. Uh, the way that you're sitting and, and not really tuned in, you don't really want to listen. If it wasn't so culturally unacceptable, you really would be doing this. Or having headphones on. Okay? Okay but fear of man keeps us from doing a lot of things that maybe we would really want to do. Maybe you've tuned out the preacher. Maybe you think you've already heard everything that any preacher could tell you. Maybe you don't think you really need to hear from God. Maybe you don't think you need the Bible or you don't think you need this way of life. Maybe you're just interested in the way of life that you have and thus you've stopped listening. It's possible. Tonight, could I encourage you to do this? Take your ears down. Take your hands down. Sorry. You got your ears on? (laughs) That was an inopportune time to mess up. (laughs) Tonight, would you do that, though? If if your heart has grown a bit cold, if if your heart has grown a bit calloused, if you find yourself not really wanting to be here, not wanting to listen, would would you give ear tonight not because of who the preacher is it it ought to be that way regardless of who is preaching but would you would you take your guard down here a little bit and let the preacher talk to you preach to you say some things to you because you need to hear it these men needed to hear the message that Stephen was preaching it could have saved their soul but they'd They didn't want to hear it, even though it was what they desperately needed to hear. And there might be some here tonight that's a little bit more interested in the neighbor that's sitting beside them, the person sitting beside them or behind them, or something along those lines, or more interested in maybe what a text just came. You know, texts still come during church time. You don't have to check them. Might be a little bit more interested in what the week holds and And you might just kind of be tuning out some important things in life. I sure want to be a help to you here tonight to help you to see that really it's vital that you listen. It's vital that you hear from God because of who God is and because of what God has to say. Stephen was a man who was full of faith and he wanted to get a message across. He was wanting to get the message of Christ across. Christ was important to him, and he knew that Christ would also be important to them if they would listen. Christ was the one they'd been waiting for their whole life. Christ wa- was the one that they desperately needed. And yet, unfortunately, they did not want to hear the message of Christ. They drugged Stephen before the Sanhedrin and They had made some serious indictments against him. If you could think of this in terms of a court, which it was, a Supreme Court, the ruling body of the day, they brought Stephen before them, and and the high priest who would have presided over the meeting said this, Are these things true, Stephen? Are these things so? These are serious indictments, Stephen. Are these things so? What were those things? Can I review them for us here tonight? You still got your ears on? Still listening? They said, if we could say it this way, the state of Judaism versus Stephen. This court will come to order. Stephen, are these things so that these have accused you of? Would you please come and state your position? We have these five indictments against you, Stephen. You have been indicted for speaking against Moses. You've been indicted for speaking against God. We understand, Stephen, that you have spoken against the holy place, the temple, and have uttered that it would be destroyed. The fourth indictment against you, Stephen, is that you have spoken against the law. The fifth indictment, Stephen, is that you have spoken against the customs that were delivered unto us by Moses. If these are true, Stephen, then you will face the death penalty. Stephen takes the witness stand. And begins to give his testimony and begins to give the testimony of Israel. He answers those indictments. But really what takes place is he turns the tables on them. Instead of being the judges who are judging him and the jury... They become the ones who are indicted. Stephen becomes the prosecutor. Stephen (laughs) becomes the one who says, it is not me who's out of line, but rather you. He indicted them and gave them multiple indictments. He said, you're like your fathers. Your fathers have rejected God's revelation to them time and time again. God was good to your fathers and called Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. But your fathers rejected God's revelation to the young Joseph. And is it not true that your fathers wanted to kill Joseph? Well, yes, it is true, they would answer. Is it not true that they all agreed to sell him to a traveling group of merchants? Is it not true that they remain silent about Joseph's... I'm just taking the text here a little bit and taking... You understand what I'm saying? Taking us right into that courtroom setting as though it may have been, though he, if you just read the story, and we could certainly do that, and it would preach just by itself, but it would, if you'd allow me just to give it a little bit of this angle to it, as though Stephen was the one asking these questions, though he's making statements. Stephen would go on to say, is it not true that God had sent Joseph to save your life? And is it not true then that by selling Joseph and by trying to get rid of him and his dream that you are trying to get rid of the one that God sent to save you? Is that not true? In spite of God's mercy and in spite of your sinfulness, God continued his plan to bless you and to bless your father's. Indictment number two against you is that you have rejected Moses. They say that Stephen was the one who had spoke against Moses, but, Mo, but Stephen spoke of him in glowing terms. And in verse, uh, in chapter 7 and in verse number 27, he calls to account and, and almost as though to give and exhibit A, is it not true that your father's, when God had sent Moses to deliver them, as one was trying to, def- as Moses was trying to defend one, and that one being defended pushed away Moses, he thrust him aside. Those are the words in our Bible. He thrust Moses aside. He rejected, he refused to listen to Moses. Is it not true that they rejected Moses' leadership? Is it not true that they continued to reject Moses' leadership even while in the wilderness? Is it not true that they wanted to go back to Egypt? Maybe he could even have an exhibit B of garlic, leek, and fish and the things that they desired to go back to. Is it not true that they rejected Moses' leadership to want to go back? Is it not true that, that they wanted to get rid of Moses and to thrust him aside? Is it not true that your father's? set up the golden image, the calf, and worshipped? Is it not true that this happened at the very time that Moses was receiving the law? Is that not true? Is it not true that God had to deliver them over and over and over again because of the rejection of him. And thus, indictment three is that they had rejected not only Moses and not only God's revelation to Joseph, but they had rejected God himself. Is it not true that in the times of the judges, God had to deliver your fathers over and over again because they sinned against God? Is that not true? And he could bring out another exhibit of Samson's hair and how that even their poster child of Israel had turned and rejected God's revelation to him and gone after other women. Is it not true that that represents your fathers? Is it not true that during the times of the kings and the prophets, he would go on in verse 42 through 50? Is it not true that they worship Molech and they worship Baal? Is it not true that they killed many of those prophets? Is it not true that, that Elijah would have to take those 12 stones and rebuild the altar there? Is it not true that they rejected uh, different prophets that came to preach unto them? Is it not true that ultimately your fathers Fathers had to be sent to Babylon because they rejected God's message. Is that not true? And they would have to sit silently. Indictment number four against the Jewish Sanhedrin and those that were rejecting Christ. Is it not true that God is greater than the temple and yet you have made, him, made the temple greater than God? Is that not true? Stephen said with great boldness. And then in verse number 51 he ceased talking about what your fathers have done and how that your fathers have rejected the revelation of God from him to them and now he turns to them directly and he says ye stiff-necked That means obstinate and in, in your ways unwilling to yield unwilling to change one's behavior And uncircumcised in heart and ears, Stephen said to them. You know what he's saying at that point? He's saying, You have the outward right, you have the circumcision right, you have the outward indications that you're the people of God, but you're not that way on the inside, you just have a facade. Uncircumcised in heart and ears. In other words, he's saying just like your fathers after all these these uh, evidences and, ex- and exhibits that he could bring before them and say, look, your fathers rejected God's message to them. there. They did not listen here. They did not listen here. They did not listen there. And you're just like them. You're stiff necked and you're uncircumcised in heart and in ears. You have an outward form of religion. You look good on the outside, but you're not really listening to God. These are tough accusations. And then he said this, you do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. Verse 51. He indicted them. The next direct indictment against them was this in verse number 52. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted and they have slain them which which show before the coming of the just one. Your fathers have slain those prophets of, of whom ye have been now betrayers and murderers. He's saying this to them. They rejected the ones who came to them to say, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. But now you, he says to them boldly, he says, you have killed the one that all the Old Testament prophesied of. You have crucified the just one. You have betrayed the just one. And thus, uh, Stephen stood that day indicting them for crucifying the Lord Jesus Christ. And instead of Peter, I'm sorry, Stephen being against the law, Stephen says in verse number 53, who have received the law by dispensation of angels and have not kept it. In other words, he's saying this, is it not true that you have broken the law? And you've received it in a special revelation. And yet, is it not true that you have failed to keep the law? Is it not true that you have lied? Is it not true that you have lusted? Is it not true that you have coveted? Is it not true that you have failed to honor your parents? Is it not true that you need a savior? And it was at that point where they would take it no more. And that's where we came to the part where they were cut to the heart. The word cut to the heart literally means this. They were cut to the quick. That hurt. They were cut to the quick. They became infuriated and they gnashed on him with their teeth. They ground their teeth at him and and then they took him physically and, and dragged him away to stone him. But he being full of the Holy Ghost. Looked up into heaven and said, I see Jesus sitting on the right hand of the Father. He said, I see the Son of Man on the right hand of the Father. The Son of Man was that same phrase that's used there in the book of Daniel to refer to the Messiah that would come and set up his kingdom. And he's referring to the Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of Man. And he says, I see him at the right hand of God. It says then that they cried out with a loud voice and they covered their ears. They said, We don't want to hear any more of this blasphemy. Stop speaking about this Jesus. And they took him and led him away and they stoned him and they cast him out of the city and they took their clothes and laid it at a young man's feet whose name was Saul and they stoned Stephen, but I like this part, Jesus stood up. I see Jesus standing. Hey, wait a minute. That means Jesus is accepting what Stephen was doing. That means Jesus was receiving what Stephen was doing. That means Jesus was in favor of what Stephen was doing. And they could not refute what Stephen's words were. They could not deny what he was saying. And it cut them to the very heart. Just as Brother Rice said, it got me right here, right in the heart. I was cut to the heart. The difference is, is he responded in the right way. And they said, I don't want to hear any more about this. And thus they stoned Stephen for his faith in Christ. The point of this chapter is this. Because these leaders refused to hear God's message, they turned against the one who was trying to help them and they missed God's best for their life and eternity. They turned against the one who was sent by God that was trying to help them, namely Stephen, namely Jesus. They turned against the one who was trying to help them, and they missed a relationship with their Messiah. They missed forgiveness of sin. They missed grace for living rather than trying to perform to earn God's favor. They missed all that because they would not hear. You know what happened then can happen now. If you refuse to hear God's message, a lot of times a person will turn against people that are trying to help them. Isn't that true? Do you believe tonight that this is a message that you desperately need to hear? Do you believe tonight this is good news? Do you believe that the central figure of this Bible is the Lord Jesus Christ? And he's the greatest authority of all because he's above all. You believe that tonight? Do you believe tonight that that God wants you to hear this so that your life could be helped, so your life could be blessed? It most certainly is for that reason that God has given us his message and his word and has sent people to preach. But listen, we have a history of people who have not listened to God's word. Maybe within your own family. Maybe within our own church. Certainly within our own nation. God, listen now, God... God has been good to give America preachers. God has been good to give us the Word of God. And, and there has been some favorable response to the Word of God, but there are those who are now saying, I don't want to hear any more about that. I don't want to hear any more about Jesus. I don't want to hear that. You you can say any other religious figure, you can you emphasize any other religious way, but we don't don't tell us, don't tell us that it's exclusively through Jesus. We don't want to hear that. They're cut to the heart. And thus they miss God's best for their lives. But it's not just out there that that can happen. That can happen right here. It's our tendency to reject God's message. It's our tendency even to turn against those who are sent by God to be a help to you. You don't want to hear the message and thus you don't want to hear the messenger and you might turn against your preacher, your pastor, your Sunday school teacher, your parents, the leaders that God has placed in your life, a godly friend. A godly church. You turn against those that are trying to help you. It's a dangerous place to be. Had occasion to work at a Baptist camp in Kentucky. Got paid just a little bit more than $5 a week. One of my responsibilities there with the young men was to serve as a lifeguard. Didn't have a whole lot of uh, opportunity to make a rescue. Just one little boy who wore one floaty. <laughs> little five-year-old jumped in, just one floaty, and that was the one opportunity to jump in and make a rescue. He probably would have been fine if he had a bob to the side. But they told us in, uh, in lifeguard training that one of the dangerous th- most dangerous things you'll ever do is trying to save somebody who's Drowning. Of course we had a tube a lifeguard tube and so you you approach them and and the they taught us to do this you don't approach them from the front you come in behind them because if you come in at at the front they'll grab hold of you and you could go off the tube and they'll take you under you got to come to them from behind and roll them up on the back on their back on the tube and take them to safety Sometimes in the process of trying to make a rescue, maybe you've even tried to do that as well in the spiritual realm, and somebody that you're trying to help is fighting against you. But really, they're not fighting against you if, if, if that helps you a little bit. It's really not against you. I, you know, when people, you know, you try to help, maybe they turn against you. It's not that they're trying to fight against you or fight against the preacher, fight against... No, really, the real fight is against God. That's where the real battle is. But they're fighting against life and struggling. And they may try to take you under as well. And, and sometimes people who are hurt, hurt. shouldn't keep us from trying to make a rescue. If you're rejecting God's revelation tonight, you might be turning against your parents. You might say, you know, as soon as I'm this age, I'm not going to church anymore. Can I encourage you to stay in church? Because you desperately, desperately need this message more than what you realize right now. God's trying to get something good to you. But you can't get it if you're not here. And you can't get it if you're not tuned in. Yeah, you, you could, um, figuratively, you could cover your ears or just endure through services. Hope you'll get done early enough to be able to watch the ball game or go to the restaurant and all those things. But if you're not tuned into the word of God, you're really missing God's best for your life. Some would miss the opportunity to be saved. Some would miss the opportunity to, richly, to enjoy God's richest blessings in life. You're certainly missing a meaningful relationship with God. Oh yeah, what Stephen was saying was exactly right, but they weren't listening. That same scenario could play out every week. Whoever's preaching here, whoever's teaching in a class, what they could be saying is exactly what you need to hear, but you might not be listening what they're saying may be exactly right from the Word of God. And I challenge you and encourage you to check it out by the Word of God and make sure that these things are so just like they did in the book of Acts and such. But make sure they're so. But listen, if what I'm telling you or whoever is preaching here, as they preach and try to get the message across, whatever it may be about, what they're saying is exactly right, then you better be listening, my friend, and listening really well so that you can know how to live really well. But if you don't listen very well, then you could be turned in your heart against some. Your heart is uncircumcised. You're, you're, you're stiff-necked in your mind, and you know you're wrong. You're indicted. You know that you're being convicted. You know that the way that you're living is not right. Oh, yeah, you look good on the outside. You've got this facade, and everybody thinks you're doing right, but really you're immoral. Really you're lying. Really you're a thief or whatever it may be. Listen, hey, you better start really listening to God to the point of actually applying it to your life and humbling yourself before God and saying, dear God, please forgive me for the way that I've been living. Forgive me for the way that I've been listening. Help me to get on the right path. I'm tired of living a double life. Yep. Would you really listen? I mean, really listen. Listen, if, if, if yes, listen, if, if you're, if you're here and you hear message after message after message, and yet it does not make a difference in your life, and you're not applying it to your life, then you're deceiving yourself, and you'll end up just like Samson, the self-deceived man whose hair is lying on the floor, and then his eyes are being poked out, and his life and usefulness from God, of God, is being wasted. He was a young man of great potential, and yet he said, I don't want hear what God's will is for my life. I want her. What should you do? Listen. Listen intentionally. It takes effort, I realize, sometimes to listen. It takes effort to preach too. You know, I, I realize sometimes we have to go into some of the background of the text and all those things, and, and you might kind of get be tempted to tune out then. I, I understand what that's like. I know what it's like to stand in a church service and, and follow along with what the preacher's reading and then and get about halfway through and think, wait, what did he just say? what did he just read and have absolutely no idea what it was talking about? I realize I know what that's like. I know what it's like to have a whole lot of other things going on. I, I realize you've got bills to pay. I realize that you've got uh, uh, chores to do and situations at work. I realize you've got all those things. I realize you've got family issues and, and, all, and all of that. But listen, there are things that are relevant to your life right here that God is trying every week, every service to get across unto you. Hey, listen, I don't want any of your time to be wasted here. Every time we open up the Word, of God. It is the supreme authority and it is as relevant today as it was back then but you may have to do some work to listen. I'm going to try by my best and everybody that preaches here is doing their best to try to, to delve into the word of God, to see what God said then, what happened back then what happens everywhere and what might be happening right here at 54th and Blackwater and in your life and so if we're doing that work then you better be doing the work to listen and listen very well maybe even take notes on it Taking note says, you know, I anticipate that God's going to say something to me that I need to take with me the rest of the week. Something to meditate on. I don't pretend, I don't uh, propose to be some kind of a special preacher, but I'm preaching a very, very special book about a very special God who loves you, my friend, who's real. And you better wake up and listen to what he's saying. Because yeah. someday you may come back and say, man, I wish I had a listened. and develop a plan of action. You know, um, we hear more Bible in a week than what some people hear in a whole lifetime. And, um, well, your soul just needs to be fed. And I I don't remember, well, right now, I don't even remember what, really, I preached a week ago or two weeks ago but I know I preached. And you probably don't remember either. That's okay. But you know, quite honestly, I don't remember what I ate two weeks ago, but I know for sure that I ate. And there's evidence. Still here? Put on a little bit? Gave me strength, right? But there are certain meals that I remember. Are you with me? There are certain meals I can remember. I remember, I'm telling you, the, the meal that Angie made whenever I was working a job and, and uh, coming there for lunch one day as she was feeding the family and fed my favorite lasagna. And I'm telling you, it was right then that I just knew. I just knew that this is the girl that I'm supposed to marry. I just knew it right then. That was a memorable meal. There are certain meals you remember. Certain ones you don't forget. There are certain messages that somebody's going to preach that you're just going to remember it. I've got some of them written down in the back of my Bible and other places. I just remember when God spoke to me here and how he spoke to me there. But listen, not everyone's going to be like that. And that's okay because you just need to be fed. But to be fed, you've got to open your mouth. You know, sometimes I would like to force feed. Because I know, I know there's people that need to hear it that's just kind of here and just vegging out and not really listening. I like to take some in Christian love <laughs> and say, you need to hear this. And then I really like to go past that and say, look, not just hear it, but you need to apply this. Make sure that they do. We, we don't do that. It's not my responsibility. It's really not my desire. But it is my desire to try to stand every week and to preach what God has said. And for everybody here to have an open heart and listen to heart and say, dear God, please speak to me. And it may be that we need to come to church a little bit better prepared to hear. It may be that like uh, when you read your, your Bible, and sometimes I just sit there and I just meditate and pray and ask the Lord, Lord, please speak to my heart today. And and I realize what it is to load up kids and get them in the vehicle and get them here and get them situated and such and you're frazzled and everything. And uh, man, uh, the service may not be as dynamic as others and all those things. But listen, we need to kind of quiet our heart and say, dear God, I need the message today. I need to hear from you. Would you please speak to my heart and and, and um, please help the preacher today? You know, and I'd appreciate it if you would pray for everybody that stands behind the, the, the pulpit and other places that you'd pray for every Sunday, Every Saturday night. We're praying for the Sunday school teachers of our boys. Dear God, please bless Brother Troy. Dear God, please bless, bless Brother Todd. And, and dear God, please bless each and every one that's preaching all the various areas. God, would you please do that? Bless Brother Jeff Shannon. All these, we pray for him specifically by name. God, please speak to the hearts. Please help us. You know, if we come like that, you might get something out of it. God's trying to help you with his word. Will you listen? You know, sometimes you may be cut to the heart, but don't grind your teeth. Don't get mad at me, it's his word. Yeah, now I'm a sinful man and can say it in a wrong spirit and a wrong attitude. And, and I've asked the Lord to help me to make sure that I say things in the right spirit and right attitude. And a couple men here, even in this church, who are my accountability partners, they don't know who each other is, but we I meet with them four times a year to ask. And one of the questions I go over is how's my spirit and attitude in preaching? Is it right? Is it right? the content of the message is it getting through is it relevant is it, is it these things I want to make sure because listen I don't want the reason that you're not living for God if you're not to be something about this preacher because the message is right on yeah. but you need to make sure you don't have your hands over your ears to where you're not hearing the message because as long as you have the hands over the ears you're missing some very important information which by the way as I just did that as an illustration the only one that I was hearing was myself That was weird. (laughs) And you go through life with your hands over your ears, really the only one you're really listening to is you. And that's weird. You're single here today, God's trying to help you get married the right way where you don't have a lot of pain and regret and guilt and shame and messing up your life. And you can hear what the preacher's saying but say, "Ah, I'm going to go ahead and live any way I want to and text what I want to and watch what I want to and go with him or her where I want to and do what I want to. Listen, I'm telling you, you mess your life up and miss God's best for your life. And then when people try to help you, you'll say, well, preacher, or mom or dad, or... You better just listen to what the Word of God says. Preacher stands to say, you know, you ought to be given and given faithfully. Selfish. God will speak right to your heart and say, You know, you need to. Yeah. yeah, but I don't want to. You'll miss God's best for your life. Isn't that the truth? Take this and run anywhere with it, it's there. So, Father, we pray you'd help us to be better listeners. I know that's true when it comes to human relationships. I know I need to be a better listener, just person to person at times, to make sure I don't miss something. But God, we're talking about us listening to you, dear God. Uh, Stephen was trying to help those people to have a right relationship with your Son, and so, Lord, that's our intent here. If it's anything other than that, then it's vain glory. It's ambitious. It's wrong. Lord, if we can stand to declare what your word has already said and lead people in a right relationship with you, then that'll help them. And I pray you'd help everyone to have a listening heart. Some may have even tuned this message out and missed it. I pray you'd help them, God. I know you're a gracious God, but also know that you're a righteous and a just God. You judge the children of Israel and their fathers if you did so in their life, then you haven't changed the standard for us. I pray you'd help us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.